On this episode of Why Watch That... Every person in history where something has happened, they have never recovered unless they sit in a shrink's chair. Unless it's Sigmund Freud himself mining through their childhood and the blaming of the parents and everything else. If anything bad happens to you as a child, you are through. If a disaster ever happens, according to this movie, just go to Colorado. I don't know how many times these people said, well, you're going to Colorado. Let's get to Colorado. Where would you be in Colorado? I'll see you in Colorado. It was hilarious. You could do a drinking game. How many times they say Colorado, Colorado. in Moonfall? <laughs> lot of music going on but very little meat on the story's bones okay i mean the orcs would not be happy with the meat here it would not be good gimli son of blowing would not say fresh meat on the bone <laughs> and they had the dna to prove it hmm now anyway because i was going to say if they have even dna why didn't they test it before Maybe they didn't have the technology because it's been 15 years. Let me be gracious. Okay. It's been, even that doesn't make sense, but it's been 15 years. These country music songs are coming into my head now. <laughs> you and your high horse. <laughs> I bet you think you're John Wayne. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform, and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, Why Watch That? of why watch that welcome i am brandy the producer joined here by chauncey the critic all right and if you are listening to us but you want to use another one of your senses guess what that's an option now you can see us on video where youtube and um whywatchthat.com so you know, keep all your senses good and going. And also, if you don't want to miss one of these episodes that we have, uh, what do we want to do? You want to like and you want to subscribe. You know why? Because whenever a new episode comes out, you get a notification. Yes. And it helps us. I mean, honestly, yeah. it does. Uh, also, at YouTube, we have, a, we have something every day really coming out. Check us out on social media as well. It's a lot happening. So don't miss out on that. Oh my gosh. Okay, infomercial done, right, producer? Yes, all done. Gotta get the business out of the way. Now we can get to the fun stuff. All right, so what we're gonna Is start it? with. Yes, it's always funnier. Why watch mm. that? Um, even even when we have to be honest, it's all in fun, all in jest. Um movie first look is what we're gonna tackle off the back with Moonfall. Moonfall is brought to us by HBO Max. 
It is um, starring Holly Berry and Patrick Wilson. Some names we haven't. Oh, no, I guess we, they have been doing stuff. So, critic, who should be watching this? What, you know, worth our time? What, what, do, you, what do you say about this one? Um, and it was in theaters earlier this year. Nobody really went to see it. Uh, so maybe you'll get a chance to see it now that it's available via HBO and HBO Max. Um, now, it's directed by Roland Emmerich, uh, co-written by him, along with Harold Closer and Spencer Cohen. Now, if you're going, Roland Emmerich, he does all of those disaster movies, producer, you know, like uh, The Day After Tomorrow, uh-huh. you know, that kind of stuff. 2012, yeah. he did that. Uh, Independence Day. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that Roland Emmerich. Got it. Uh, you said it's, of course, starring Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, along with John Bradley, Michael Pena, Charlie Plummer, Kelly Yu, and Donald Sutherland. Hmm. So you go, okay, a disaster film with a cast that could make it work. Mm-hmm. What's happening here? So... Holly and Patrick play astronauts. And just like in any other space movie now with astronauts, they start with them in space, you know, somewhere near the moon doing some sort of mission. And they have another astronaut with them who's new. So they're, you know, kind of ribbing him and training him. And Holly's in the actual shuttle and Patrick and the trainee are not. Something happens. Some sort of stuff just flows by them. It's destructive. Not everybody makes it. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Wilson's character, he does some things to possibly save them or not. That's the question because, you know, two of the three of them make it back and you know the two that make it back to Earth. But Patrick is blamed for what occurred. Mm-hmm. According to NASA, and the government at large, he didn't make the right decisions. Now we see what happens. I won't tell you what your opinion will be after you see it. So, okay, years shuttle by. Uh, Patrick has a son who grows up. The son grows up knowing that his father is this disgraced astronaut. How does that affect him? You know, because, you know, in life, if something bad happens to you, of course, you have to turn out to be some sort of troubled person. Like every person in history where something has happened, they have never recovered unless they sit in a shrink's chair, unless it's Sigmund Freud himself mining through their childhood and the blaming of the parents and everything else. If anything bad happens to you as a child, you are through. Now, so he grows up to be this troubled, like, teen or young adult. I don't know what age he is. Who cares? So you got to deal with that. And and Hallie turns into, eventually you'll see how, like the director of NASA. She has a son. She has an ex-husband who's like a general. Why does all of this matter? Well, the thing that happened before is happening again. And Donald Sutherland's character knows something about it. Hmm. He like wheels in literally and tells Patrick Wilson what the deal is. So they have to end up back in space. Now, a character that's connected to all of this is someone who was always suspicious about what was going on. And he calls himself a doctor of like astrophysics. And that's played by John Bradley, who is Samuel Tarley in Game of Thrones. That's him. 
So, you know, he's going around. He's that kind of busybody guy who's online and thinks he knows everything about science and is, you know, pretending to be people to get into corridors of power, that kind of thing. Of course, he ends up being with Holly and Patrick. And of course, he ends up in space with them. I mean, this is like what happens because something's going on, of course, in the moon. It's called Moonfall. It is coming from the moon. There's some sort of alien artificial intelligence, they think. They got to investigate this. What happens when they do? Right. And by the way, if a disaster ever happens, according to this movie, just go to Colorado. I don't know how many times these people said, well, you're going to Colorado. Let's get to Colorado. Where would you be in Colorado? I'll see you in Colorado. It was hilarious. You could do a drinking game. How many times they say Colorado, Colorado. in Moonfall? <laughs> My brother and I, producer, because I watched it with him, we were like, if they say this one more time, it is ridiculous. <laughs> so all of the wonderful Coloradans out there, you are already safe. We will be joining you. Just make sure you have enough room for anybody who could make it anywhere in the country. <laughs> That's right. If a disaster happens, we're coming to Colorado. <laughs> now, for the review. Is humanity in danger or not? I mean, the music says yes. The <laughs> writing and the acting, by extension, not quite. I mean, John Bradley probably does the best to give us a sense of urgency. I mean, these people are just like, let's go to Colorado. Like, Holly and even Patrick, it's like, it's just like a disaster that's about to happen. Because I didn't tell you what the, what the disaster is for the Earth. There mm. is a major disaster. Mm. Because... Uh, I'll put it this way. The moon is getting closer. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what would happen. Mm -hmm. It was just like strangely perfunctory. Mm. Yet absurd. Mm -hmm. It was just a weird thing to watch. Um, and it's also one of the most expensive independent films ever made. Mm -hmm. But there are TV shows that look better. Mm. It was just... <laughs> uh, even Roland Emmerich and I can't believe I'm about to say this can do better even he can do better <laughs> than this but I would say it does avoid full on boredom uh, because it's laughably silly and confused really I mean just wait until you get the explanation of all of this it's like some ridiculous amalgamation of sci-fi's greatest hits um, you know just put it all together make it nonsense kind of invert the timeline of how things would happen you'll see what that means if you watch it i mean they're pulling from terminator and contact even the the day after tomorrow from emmerich even mike tv mm. there were some moments when i was like okay this is straight up mike <laughs> tv um so you know watch it if you just want kind of a laugh at that kind of stuff i mean they should have known they were going to lose their shirts investing in this movie you at the opening, look at how many production companies put their money into this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just look, if you're bored one day, <laughs> you're like, let's, you know, you're with somebody, you're like, let's just watch something ridiculous. This is it. Mm -hmm. HBO has you covered. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how you make a bad movie, by the way. Mm -hmm. If something's going to be bad, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Move on. All right. We'll head into. Uh... <laughs> TV this is system. something the producer would watch. See, I want, the producer won't watch anything good, but this, this so the producer will watch. Yeah, go ahead, explain I yourself. I literally was gonna be like, oh yeah, I want to watch this with somebody. I don't know. These are the types of movies I love. <laughs> and this is another thing to uh, 
to be honest, producer, this is one of the things about why watch that. I will give a strong opinion, but it's to help you know whether you're going to like it. You don't have to agree with me. It doesn't matter. It's Are you listening and going, oh, okay, that might work for me. I don't know how many times this happens when the people I know, they listen to a review and go, well, that you know, that show you were talking about, I, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm like, did you listen to what I said? <laughs> so that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of it. And that's why I'm free to be honest. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to agree. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. TV series premieres is our next category. And we're going to kick that off with Last Light, a miniseries brought to us by Peacock. Um, so, yeah, Credit, who's in this? What is it about? Who should be watching? Um, it stars Matthew Fox. So Matthew's back. Okay. That's a great thing to point out. Lost fame and so on. Along with uh, Joanne Froggett, mm. our wonderful uh, uh, Emmy Award winning actor from uh, Downton Abbey. So she's here. They play a married couple. They have two children. Um, and here's what happens. Okay. So we start out in the desert. Well, Matthew does. How did he get there? Like in the middle of nowhere desert. Then an explosion occurs. Oh, okay. Then we go back in time. We find out that he is an American petrochemist living in England. Joanne is English. You know, she's the wife. His children are British. I mean, they live there. He's the American. And the daughter is a teenage climate activist. How creative. And their son is blind. Now, this is important because in a few days, the son has this uh, cutting edge procedure scheduled that might give him back sight or might give him sight, I should say. So, okay, they got to go to France, though, to get this done. Like Joanne, she's put a lot of research into helping this doctor come up with this procedure. Okay. But what happens is Matthew's employer, who's in the Middle East, gives him a call and says, you got to come immediately. Now, of course, the wife is very upset because, you know, anytime somebody has to do work and it gets in the way of family life, it's a problem, even though you're living off of this money. Like I, every time I watch these movies and TV shows, I swear. Why are you married? Like, did they all of a sudden get this job? Like, I don't understand this. He works for somebody in the Middle East who's going to call him and get him to come out. Okay, your son has a procedure. How are you paying for that procedure? (laughs) Anyway, so this causes a problem. But he promises to be back or be in France in time for the procedure. Okay, he has three days. So great. He ends up in the Middle East with this employer. Someone else is there as well. Someone from the British government. Why? He's suspicious. She's kind of like, whatever. I'm here because this is what we need to do. Is that true? And they find that something's up with the oil. And this is going to lead to a global catastrophe. Like the lights start shutting off in certain places. And his wife and son are in France without him. The daughter is still in England doing her activist stuff. 
So the family is split apart across the globe. Can they get back together? And can he figure out what's going on with the oil? It might wipe out all of humanity. So from Moonfall to this, and it, look at that, isn't that wonderful? And it's only five episodes here, if you're brave enough to finish. Just like Moonfall, it's a lot of music going on, but very little meat on the story's bones, okay? I mean, the orcs would not be happy with the meat here. It would not be good. Gimli, son of Glowin, would not say fresh meat on the bone. <laughs> <laughs> and you get, you know, like thriller cliches. I couldn't take this seriously. I couldn't care about what was going on here. It's something that the producer would leave on and, you know, halfway pay attention to. No problem with that. After the first episode, I was done. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. another one for the producer's list. See that? <laughs> we're really, we're helping you out today. <laughs> diversify my background noise. <laughs> All right. Next on the list is something from Showtime by the name of American Gigolo. Um, so who's who's in this? Who should be watching it? What is it about? Well, we kind of kind of know what this was about, maybe. 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 And it is, um, I guess, some sort of sequel to the Richard Gere film from 1980. Uh, This is what made Richard Gere a leading man. Mm, Okay. Actually, set him up for that, you know, and all the nudity and all the other stuff that happened with American Gigolo. Um, Now, it was written and directed the movie by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, by the way, and so on. So, okay. Like, this is not something to really uh, play around with. So it's based on this movie, on his movie. It is developed by David Hollander. And the titular character this time, not Richard Gere, it is John Bernthal, who plays Julian or Johnny, what's his name? And he's joined in the cast by Gretchen Maul, Rosie O'Donnell, Lizzie Brochere, and Leland Orser. And Wayne Brady even shows up here as, I don't know, I guess he's a pimp or something. Okay. So what happens is uh, John Bernthal is in prison. He was wrongfully in prison, we find out, for murdering a woman, a client of his. He woke up. She was dead next to him in the bed. He had blood all over him. He had no memory of doing anything. So Rosie O'Donnell plays the detective who was assigned to the case and finds out oh what we thought was incorrect she goes to tell him in person in prison and they release him but who was behind it because somebody confessed to the murder that's why they knew it wasn't john and they had the dna to prove it hmm now anyway because i was going to say if they have dna why didn't they test it before You know, maybe they didn't have the technology because it's been 15 years. Let me be gracious. Okay. It's been even that doesn't make sense, but it's been 15 years. Okay. Let's just say that. I think in the early 2000s, we had the technology. But anyway, maybe they didn't have the budget. That's very good. I will go with that. So it's been 15 years. He gets out. The question is, though, who was really behind it? And that's what Rosie O'Donnell was to find out, too. Because while this guy admitted it, who got him to do this murder and why? Mm. 
Now, there is a client of John's that he has some special connection to. Are they like in love or something? I don't know. But she's married to a rich and powerful man. Maybe that's a problem. And she has a son who has some issue. Like the son's teacher, he's a teenager and she's like 32. They like fell in love and they're running away. I don't know why this is in the story, but okay. So she's like dealing with this with the husband and he comes back in. How's that gonna work? That means John comes back in. Hmm. And then the question is, how is he going to get his bearings? He's got to get down to the bottom of who did this. And this means he needs to reconnect with the people who made him who he is. Because this really spans uh, different timelines. You have him as a kid with his mother, and that was a troubled uh, relationship. She gave him away to a woman called the Queen, who groomed him into being an escort as a kid. That's when it started. But, you know, this is refined escort services. You have to learn a foreign language. You have to dress in, in great suits. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, when he was a kid, his mother gave him, gave him away for this. <laughs> and then we also see, before he was uh, convicted of murder. So what was he doing there as an adult gigolo? And then, of course, we see after he's let out of prison. So he's got to get to the bottom of this, but we see how he became who he is and we see what these relationships were so you know wayne brady's there to kind of help him out you know do you want to do the work again that kind of thing and wayne brady leads him to this queen now after he's been let out but what does he find is the question he finds a very strange scene that's what i would say at the end of the first episode it got really weird but not on purpose i was just like what is going on so for this show i would say it's like if you watch showtime dramas if you like watch all of them it would kind of fit and you'd be fine it wouldn't be the best of them would it be the worst of them probably not it'd be toward the bottom um there's just not enough it's not propulsive enough there's not enough tension in the first episode that's all i've seen uh and that they're showing us i guess why we should care about this mystery i didn't care i didn't get anywhere like what did we really learn here that would help us to want to know who was behind the guy who murdered the woman that he was accused of murdering? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a bit too slow for that. It's a bit weird at the end, like I said, but I would say there are worse things than this that critics actually like, because some of them are really coming for this show. Okay. Like it's because you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, in comparison to the film, I started watching the film again because I don't remember it at all. Just the opening of it. The film is just a bit crisper in execution. That's all they needed here. They need to like just tighten it up a bit. Um, as is what I keep watching it. No. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, some people are going to watch it because they want to see, you know, the gigolo stuff. Mm -hmm. That's okay if that's you. Mm -hmm. It's all right. You'll be all right. Cool. All right. Sweet. All right. <laughs> Next on the list. <laughs> the is like, that's not on my list. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, Monarch, uh, brought to us by Fox. So, what is this season? How did it set up? Who's in it? Who should be watching it? It's created by Melissa London Hilfers. It's starring Trace Atkins. Yes, the country star himself. Along with Susan Sarandon, you have Anna Friel in here, and other people. 
So this is centered on the Roman family. They are country music royalty. They're at the top. Mama and Papa, both of them were stars in their own right. And of course, that's Trace and Susan playing the two of them. Now, they have three children, two daughters and a son, all grown. Uh, Anna Friel plays their daughter, who is in the business as well. She wants to be able to break out on her own. The music industry doesn't really feel it that way. She's better as, as she calls it, a sidekick to her dad. So, you know, fine. If you're performing with him or somebody else, maybe your mom, whoever, great on your own, not so much. She wants to change that notion. Now, the son is in charge of their record label, which is called Monarch. And this is because dad thinks he doesn't have the talent for the business. So really, he wanted to be an artist. Papa was like, no, mama is loving. Mama's the one who was like, you should be the head of our label. What does dad think about that? Not good things. What's going on between the two of them? And then we have kind of like the black sheep, the other daughter, you know, she is a, a rebel when it comes to what the family wants. Um, she hasn't been in the music industry at all. She'll show up at a red carpet event, you know, in like overalls. You know, she doesn't really care. She has things to do. But is there an ulterior motive for her? Because what's coming up for them is something unfortunate. The mother has a terminal illness. I think it's terminal cancer. So she's about to go, but she wants everything set up so that the family continues at the top of the business. Not so that they're doing well, so that they are still at the top of country music. That is the point. And Anna Friel is the one who's going to carry them forward. But she has something that she needs Anna to do for her. That's a very difficult ask. I'll put it that way. To set all of the events in motion. Will Anna do that or not? And it's something that Anna cannot share with anyone else. Now, when someone ever goes, you can't tell anybody in a movie or TV show, of course, somebody gets told in some way. We know that's happening. <laughs> now, what happens is they have like this Jubilee event that they do every year. This will be the final one for Mama before she goes. And this is an opportunity for everybody to try to get what they want. But what Anna wants is for her sister to perform with her. Sister's not interested. What do you think happens? rivalries are going to be set up let's put it that way and in the end who's left standing and can we believe what we're seeing because early on we see trace with a gun a shotgun and he shoots and then we see him burying somebody hmm. so this is a soap opera obviously but it's generic and bland. Like this was supposed to premiere a long time ago. I think there was some issues with the creative direction and the whole COVID thing. They should have just cut their losses. Mm. It's like Nashville and Yellowstone and Empire, but bad. Mm. Like those shows, at least you go, there's a reason to watch these. It's like this. Okay, if if you're thinking, should I watch this? If you watched all of Nashville and got to the end and said to yourself at the end, you know, the end is better than the beginning here. This is your show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if anybody thinks that way, then you would enjoy this. Um, I, the good thing I will say is these actors can pay their bills. Yeah. Mm. 
So maybe somebody needs a new house or a car. So they'll be able to afford that because they're in this show. That's the only good thing I could say. I mean, they've all done better. Especially Susan Sarandon and Anna Friel. I mean, Anna Friel, Marcello on Netflix, much better look. Yeah. I can't even say if you're a country music fan to watch it. Mm. Just watch Nashville. Mm-hmm. Like, I... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All it's right. Not... <laughs> Interesting. See, some country music songs are coming into my head now. <laughs> You and your high horse. <laughs> I bet you think you're John Wayne. <laughs> okay. That's a good song. You should check, you should check that song. Oh, check <laughs> Now, if after that display of a random song combustion, you think the yeah. critic could uh, use a little more caffeine. I wanted to give you an opportunity to come over to uh, <laughs> buy me a coffee and support the work that we are doing here at Why Watch That. Now, what is buy me a coffee? Buy me a coffee is a platform where you can donate um, as little as $5 to the work that we're doing here or purchase our TV tracking guide to help us um, continue the Why Watch That mission. Now, if you decide that you don't want to support us via buy me a coffee, it's cool. We still go help you figure out what to watch, but what we would love for you to do is like, comment, or subscribe to this show to, um, yeah, to just let us know that, like, you're out there. And yeah. um, if you don't know what's up, it is by me, acoffee.com forward slash why watch that. Yes. So with that said, by the way, like, share, and subscribe. Do it all. Comment. Critics like Let us hear it. from. Yeah, <laughs> high horse. Just so you know, producer and everybody, that is a Casey Musgraves song. Oh, Casey Musgraves. Check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Good you know, I like. There's like a remix version. I think I like that a bit better, Casey. I like okay. them both. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. What's next? Okay, next. The serpent. Singing again. <laughs> the serpent queen limited um, series brought to us by Stars. So um, who's in this? What is it about? Who should be watching? Yes, and it is based on a nonfiction book by uh, Leonie Frida called Catherine de' Medici, mm-hmm. Renaissance Queen of France. Yeah. It's created by Justin Haith. It's starring... Now, this cast, I was like, hold on. We have Samantha Morton. Okay. And then you have a whole bunch of other people you know by sight. Like, Charles Dance shows up as, as the Pope. <laughs> and Charles Dance, if you don't know, is from Game of Thrones. Yes, okay. So just, that's Charles Dance. He was also, even better, uh, Sanam Namspa from The Golden Child. Mm-hmm. That is Charles Dance. So, And they have a bunch of other people. Um, you won't probably know them by name, but again, you'll know them by Site. And this is just another Queen series on stars. They have the White Queen and whatever else, the Red Queen, and now the, <laughs> the Serpent Queen. Queen. So it's about Catherine de' Medici. We start when she is Queen, and she's a suspicious sort of person. She doesn't trust anybody. She's scheming and plotting, and she knows how things work. And she's going to tell us why. 
And the way she tells us is by telling her story to a servant. There's a new servant girl who comes to her. And this servant girl, the other servants call her it. Why? That's not nice. And the queen doesn't like it either. The queen's like, well, you know, let me tell you something so you know how to handle yourself. Because the queen tells her, I was you not too long ago. Don't believe me? Here's my story. And we go back in time. So what we see is she's a Medici. I mean, hello, wealth, power in like Florence. But her father died. Her mother then died. Why? You'll see. It has something to do with being in the sheets. Then her grandmother takes her in. She dies. Mm. She goes to a convent to be an orphan. Of course, with a harsh mother superior. And other people there. I mean, this is like crazy stuff. Then this these marauders come in, want to ransack uh, the nunnery and take away the queen here, the eventual queen. She pretends to be a nun to try to protect herself. It doesn't quite work. However, someone comes to her rescue. It is the Pope, her uncle. Mm -hmm. So Charles Dance rides, rides in to the rescue. By the way, Liv Hill plays Catherine the Younger. Okay. So Charles Dance comes in on a horse with his holy, you know, raiment. It says, give her up. She's mine. Okay. So we see the power of the Pope. The people start cowering. It's hilarious. Like, and he has like this, this staff with where, where at the top there's something reflective. He holds it up so the sun shines on these people. Like it's that kind of thing. So he gets his niece and he needs his niece because they are in trouble at this time in history. If she doesn't marry into the uh, French royalty, that family, the De Medici line is probably done along with the Pope. Their enemies will come to attack them. They need France's military might. Now, he's already arranged uh, for Catherine to marry the youngest of uh, the King of France's sons. This is done. He's already sent her picture, which is flattering. And they've already accepted. So, you know, it's either you marry this dude or we're dead. You get to choose. So, you know, they've got to get her prepared to meet the king and the rest of the royal family and their courtiers and so on. And it's a bit rough, you know. She's not the best looking of gals. She admits as much. There is an expert who's brought in to help her out. But she has some ideas of how to do this. She's like, look, I may not be the best looking physically. That's fine. Let's distract them. So it's makeup and, and clothes and people she brings with her, including someone she knew at the nunnery and including a man she met along the way when she was in trouble, when she was being, you know, stolen away and so on before the Pope came and rescued her. This man, though, says he can see the future. She asks him for help and he said to her, you don't need it and walks away. So she sees him again and he was like, I was right, right? <laughs> I'm like, I can see where you're going. So she wants to bring him along as well. What happens? When they meet the French, royalty is the question. And what happens when she meets her eventual husband? How do they get along? Because this husband has an interesting relationship with an older cousin of hers, a woman she's never met. 
So there's going to be some surprises in store for young Catherine. And so we see how that happens in the first episode. Samantha's telling the story. Liv is really playing it out and everybody else. And then at the end of the episode, what do we learn about Samantha Morton's queen and this young servant girl? Can anybody be trusted? Now, for the review, this is another show where they break the fourth wall. They're talking to camera, you know, all that kind of stuff. I thought it worked, actually, in this context. And the reason is, these actors are really good. I mean, we know Samantha is, we know Charles Dance is, and so on. But even Liv Hill playing young Catherine was nailing it. So, you know, sometimes you have such a great actor playing the adult version it can be a letdown down for the younger. Not this case. Mm-hmm. I would say that that is not the case at all. Um, and and the rest of of this cast, I you know, I just think that they're a credit to the show, um, because it's not that everything lands here. It doesn't. Not everything clicks, but it's fun, and that's what's different about this in regard to or in comparison to the other Stars Queen shows. They are not taking themselves seriously here. And you have good enough writing. Really, the writing is good. You know they thought about it. They took some care with this. It's a a rare thing to find nowadays. Um, Could it be crisper? Yes, it could. But they do have potential to get to where they really could be. This really could be something, um, I would say, very good. So I was interested enough in the first episode that I'm willing to give them more time to see where it goes. Um, if you're thinking of, okay, what is it really, how would it, uh, how would I figure out whether I should watch this? If you think of the favorite, Olivia Coleman won the Oscar for playing, uh, the queen in that movie. It's closer to that than to the other stars queen shows, which I think is a good thing, but for them to get to the level of the favorite, they got to land it. They got to ground it at some point and all of the beats um, well, some of the beats need to be cleaned up because sometimes it really works. Sometimes it's like fine, but you know it could have been a bit better, just a bit punchier. But mm-hmm. it's a first episode. I think they did a great job setting it up. And again, I'm interested to see where they go further. So if you like the favorite, if you like even some of the other stars, royalty shows, this is definitely for you. Cool. All right. Now we're going to head into TV season premiere. Um, and that is the good fight it is back for season six um and it is the final season and it is on paramount plus so how did season six kick off critic you excited to watch it (laughs) i'm interested to watch it that's what i would say um season five of the good fight to me was my least favorite season uh not that i thought it was bad just compared to the other seasons some of their ideas, and this comes to us from the kings of the good wife fame and um, evil and so on. Some of their ideas to me, I can't speak for anybody else, to me in the last season just weren't um, as sharp. I would put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so in season six, all of that stuff from season five is pretty much gone. Um, and we have Audra's character, who's the lead of this black law firm. She's the sole lead now. Name partner, just her. And things have been going well. 
Now, Christine Baranski's character is still here, of course. Remember, she's the one who went from The Good Wife into this. This is her show. But now she's been relegated to the bottom level. She's white in a black firm that caused a little bit of a dust up in the last season. Okay. And in the last season, there were hints that she was ready to fight back. How is the question? And remember, she's married to uh, her hus husband, of course. And the husband is a conservative. She's a liberal. Like you have all of this kind of stuff that the Kings like to do, mixing things up. So is he going to have an influence? We won't know based on the first episode of this season, but I anticipate we're going to get back to that at some point. But at the moment, Diane is really disillusioned. I mean, she has been anyway, but really she doesn't even know whether she should be in this country anymore. She's never had that feeling. She's disconnected. She needs some help. And what happens is she finds some help by being in a virtual online space. Now, the reason is they have a case, she and Audra, that they have to represent really their most lucrative client, Chum Hum, uh, which is like a Google type company. And they need to be protected because someone says they were abused in one of their virtual online spaces. Mm. You know, you can wear like these suits where you can feel the people touch your virtual person, that kind of thing, producer. So mm -hmm. she had this on and, you know, she chose an avatar that was inviting mm -hmm. and got felt up. Mm -hmm. So that's the lawsuit. And they have to defend Chum Hum. So Diane was there to figure this out and then found some help. And she was led to a particular doctor played by Mad Men's John Slattery. And he has some interesting thoughts about how to help her. Will she go there with him? Because remember, she was uh, doing a little bit of experimentation with hallucinogens mm -hmm. in previous seasons. Does she want to go back to that? And he kind of was like, yeah, but you didn't have a guide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Now, for Audra's part, she has a little, little surprise coming because the corporate overlords, they're, they bought the law firm. They're like, yeah, you're doing great, but we think you need another partner. Who does she think this partner's going to be? She ain't happy about it. She's like, look, I've, I'm steering this firm just fine. I don't need anybody else. No, no, no. Yes, you do. Hmm. Now, one of uh, these corporate overlords, when she goes to meet them, she finds that on his desk is a picture of him with Diane's husband. Hmm. Hmm. Now, there is also a character played uh, by Charmaine Bingwa, who was introduced, introduced to us in the last season. We still don't know who she is. She's like this new associate, but she has the ear of criminals, like drug kingpins and the like, mm -hmm. cartel heads. <laughs> Okay, so that's how she proves her worth. Mm -hmm. And there's a new criminal she gets introduced to. Hmm. Yes. By Mr. Inconceivable himself from The Princess Bride. <laughs> she's got to prove herself to him as well. I mean, he's like, she's black. <laughs> that's exactly what he says. He's like, whatever, I'm going to like walk right on past that. And what do you need? We gotta know who she is. Like, what is up with her? So she gets embroiled in that, and she always has a way out. But Marissa, the former uh, investigator for the firm and Eli Gold's daughter and now a junior associate, they were friends, And but her problems are minuscule compared to dealing with drug kingpins, 
So there's a little rift there in their relationship. You'll see how that plays out. But what I want to end my description with is this. We have another new character in addition to John Slattery, who's introduced in this first episode, played by the inimitable Andre Brower. Yes. He goes by the name Richard. Mm. Okay. He walks in. He has his retinue. You know, his jacket's on his shoulders. And he takes over. Now, Julius is in there. Um, longtime partner of the firm. And is like, uh, essentially, where's Audra's character? Where is she? Does she know what's going on? He asks Richard. Richard is like, yeah, oh, who's that? <laughs> Who are you? What's your name? Who is she? Oh, her? Yeah, she knows. <laughs> Diane walks in eventually. Who are you? <laughs> and he takes over uh you know their boardroom space because you know the the other offices really aren't big enough for him and they we can share and the first thing he wants to do is bring all the associates in and ask them one question name one bad thing about this firm and you have five seconds if you can't do it in five seconds you're fired and i don't joke mm -hmm. so he's gonna pose an interesting little riddle for everybody in this show and now for my review Andre Brower was a revelation in this first episode. I could, they could make a whole show on him, honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's saying something because I love all the actors in this show. Like he came in and said, this is how you do it. If mm -hmm. you're going to write this kind of character, any actor worth their salt is going to eat it up. And he was, he was just a joy mm -hmm. to watch. Um, for everybody else, they do what they always do. The show is what it is. But one thing I do want to say, and I was kind of hinting at it earlier on in this review, is this is best, and the kings are best, when they're not black and white, but when they're gray. And at the end, it started getting black and white. Mm. Now, it's better than everybody else's black and white. But I expect more from them. There was one line in particular where I was like, would, would these characters say that, Audra and... Christine Baranski's characters, would they say that? Yeah, they would, but there's a better way to write it. It's almost like they came up to a deadline and the script needed to be ready. And they was like, let's just put that in there. Let's move on. <laughs> That's how it felt. It was just too blunt. So I have a higher standard for them um, because they're so good at the gray. And that was just my caution at the end of episode one here. It was a little bit of an echo from the last season toward the end there as well. But it's still good, the good fight, definitely. And most of that episode was very interesting and entertaining. I was with them. Even like this, this character, Carmen is the character's name. I was talking about who, who is she with these you know, criminals. Like that was fascinating. So I'm interested to see where they go next. And they haven't used everybody yet. So that's the good fight. I mean, if you have not started watching this and you like a legal drama... I don't see why you wouldn't do it. It is one of the best legal dramas you can watch because it's not just procedural. They also have serial elements. Mm -hmm. So there we go. We'll see how it ends though. Nine more episodes to go. Got it. Cool guys. So we started off on the moon and then brought you back to a series that is ending its, um, <laughs> ending its run on the TV, <laughs> on the TV world. Uh, so yeah, as always, we appreciate you joining us. Well, why watch that? And until next time. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, 
Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at WhyWatchThat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.